0: I keep having these thoughts like if he were here I know he'd be poking my belly and I'd be pissed off but what I would do right now to just have him poke me and annoy me like I'd I'd give anything to have that back and then I have to redirect and refocus my mindset and take myself out of that pity party mentality and shift from where i've been to focus on where i'm going now i know it's really easy and tempting to stay there sometimes it feels like so good to just wallow in our misery but that's not going to change anything that's not going to bring them back if anything that's just going to repel them even further so we have to see this reframe it to become the best version of ourselves and not for them not to get them back although if that's what you want (laughs) that's great but to really take this time to nurture and tend to yourself because you can love someone so much, but if they're not willing to love you back, then now's the time to love ourselves, right? So today we're going to do one thing to stop that thought spiral and to make ourselves feel better. Hello, my dear friends. Welcome back to the Sex Positive Podcast I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. Thank you for joining me today. If it is your first episode ever listening to, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And I thank you all so much for your kind words and love and support after last night's episode. So many of you reached out to me and was just so comforting and validating. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm back again today to try to transmute this and process it and just reflect and work through it. Kind of a brief overview. If you didn't listen to my last podcast, this will be a part two. I don't even want to say it out loud, honestly, because I don't want to claim it and affirm it to the universe. However, I went through a separation (laughs) and um, I'm trying to be very mindful The language I use, I'm not going to be calling him my ex anymore because it's just so harsh and I know I don't want to be in denial and I think right now I'm in the bargaining stage of grief, (laughs) kind of been through all stages within 24 hours, but I'm going to call him by his name, Nick, moving forward because he's my SP and I'm working on manifesting back our relationship, so there's that. Think I'm crazy, whatever. So (laughs) I, uh, I don't know. I might do this in two parts um, because I've had the entire rainbow of emotions in one day. And to be quite honest, this morning, I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I swear, I can't even freaking get any peace. I can't even rest. Uh, My mind woke me up at five in the morning. I woke up in a cold sweat in like a panic attack I was literally having it wasn't a full-blown panic attack but it was definitely an anxiety attack at five in the morning freaking the fuck out and if you're going through a breakup right now we both need to calm the fuck down (laughs) and um my mind was just racing I couldn't believe that this isn't a dream I was hoping it would just be a nightmare and I'd wake up and I had very negative feelings this morning, um, feeling like I'm back to square one, feeling like I'm at ground zero now, not knowing where I go. What am I supposed to do? And and last night, um, if you heard my podcast, like I was chilling for the most part. Like I was definitely devastated, but I think my body was in shock from the initial hit. You know, when you get into a car accident, and hopefully you don't know this, but there's so much adrenaline and um neurochemicals and transmitters and things trying to protect you. So we feel this shock, and most of the time we don't even feel any pain until the day or two later. So I was fine from the initial hit because of all the bodily hormones being produced and processes, processes. And then I started to come down and I just felt like I was not in my body. Like I just felt so dissociated. I just in complete denial. I kind of like feel pathetic and ashamed to admit this y'all, but last night I was hardcore, like looking up Like prayers to the universe to bring your SP back to you. And I was like trying to manifest it and just like looking up spells. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? I was like, sis, you need like a cocktail or something. Um, We've all been there, I guess. We all handle it differently. But I'm feeling. I'm feeling, um, I don't want to say I feel okay now, but I feel, um, I feel loved. Let's say that. Like, I feel very loved. My friends have shown up for me. My friends have been supporting me. I had therapy, um, yesterday morning, but things were completely different yesterday morning because my relationship was then intact. Um, I'm excited because I'm just trying to keep busy. Tomorrow I have a coaching appointment and I have therapy on Friday. And I just thank you all for showing up for me in times where I, I feel not strong enough to carry myself alone. And it's okay to need other people. That's what we're here for. And I've been trying to keep busy today. And I had these thoughts of letting myself go. For example, in about 15 minutes, I'm going to have to end this because I have an eyebrow appointment. And the thought in my mind was, well, I don't have anyone to look good for anymore. So I'm just not going to go to my eyebrow appointment. I'm going to cancel my nail appointment on Saturday. I'm not going to get my makeup done because I don't have anyone to impress. Hell, I'm not even going to shave my legs or take my birth control because fuck it. (laughs) And then I had this realization like, "Mm mm-mm. Honey, like letting yourself go isn't cute. And I'm going to take the next year, let's say, to change my lens from outward to inward. Because I see this as an invitation to show up for myself and do the inner work. So I'm going to try to be productive. I'm not going to overwork myself. I'm definitely not a type A personality, but I am very obsessive sometimes, but I don't, I'm mm -mm. work just like, isn't my thing. And I'm not worried about working myself into the ground, but I'm just trying to, I don't want to say get distracted. And I think that's something that a lot of us do, especially, um, people in our twenties is we treat people like they're disposable. We think we could just replace people. And we think, we'll feel better if we date or go on apps or fuck a random person. And for me, I think that's the most harmful thing you could ever do. Not that that was crossing my mind, but I did have friends say to me, oh, like let's go out on a double date. Like I'll say, and I'm like, back the fuck up. Like, no, no. So for any of my friends that are listening, I really appreciate you trying to do me a solid, but no, thank you. I'm good for the next year at least. Um, Cause because honestly, like I, I only have eyes for Nick. And I know people say that after they break up. They're like, I don't want anyone else. No one else matters. They're the only person in the world. But I am determined. I I don't want to say that because that puts a lot of pressure on us both. But I really believe that we will find our way back to each other and maybe we can't be together right now, but at some point in the future. And maybe I'm just wishful thinking and I'm really trying to not get attached to that outcome because I don't wanna set myself up for suffering and pain and longing and clinging to the hope of what I want to be. Because ultimately it doesn't matter what I want at this point. Um, I've recognized that he needs his space, his time, his freedom to dig into his wounds, heal, and grow. And whether that's with me or without me, I ultimately need to accept that because his path, his journey, isn't mine to walk. And I think sometimes when we date someone, we kind of see them as our property. And I say that with caution because... No one is ever ours. We don't own anyone. We're not entitled to anyone's rights or their body or their autonomy. They're a whole individual, unique person before and after us. And many of us who have codependency or enmeshment patterns, we don't know where someone starts and where we end. Those lines are just just very blurred and I wanted to read something about the difference between boundaries and walls because we hit a wall when boundaries were violated and I recently started listening to Mark Grove's podcast and it's been really intriguing for me to hear about these these topics and and healthy conflict and boundaries versus walls and The quote says, boundaries are transparent. Walls are opaque. Boundaries enhance love. Walls trap love inside and are based on fear. Boundaries are healthy. Walls are unhealthy. Boundaries are dynamic and compassionate. Walls are immovable and stubborn. Boundaries represent possibilities, whereas walls represent limitations. Boundaries welcome people inside. Walls lock people out. And... Part of where my relationship got stuck was healthy conflict and the realization that relationships are supposed to have conflict, but many of us avoid conflict. It's terrifying because we fear losing intimacy, connection, trust, but honestly, suppression and avoiding conflict brings just that. Good conflict is a learned skill and You can improve your conflict skills like anything. Um, For me, this is like reading books or just listening to podcasts, going to therapy, watching YouTube um, channels on on training for this, just practicing, right? Because it's easy to know the skills, but then when shit hits the fan, you actually have to put those skills into practice. You have to implement what you've learned. And I think for so long in my relationship, Nick was avoiding conflict to keep the peace because he's a peacemaker, but it really prevents us both from being fully present and transparent and makes us ghost in our own relationships. When I had one foot in, one foot out, he was invested. When I was invested, he had one foot in, one foot out. So over time, avoiding conflict just creates um, pain and, and anger and bitterness, content, loneliness in us. And in our partners, we feel confusion, isolation, frustration, disengagement. But good conflict grows intimacy. It's how two or more people exist in a relationship as separate people. And when we don't see people separate from ourselves, we can try to change them or control them. And I, I wrote this up yesterday, um, this morning, actually, I put it on my podcast, essentially saying that, um, besides the fact I'm clearly hurting right now, um, I think that our love was, was real and beautiful and special to me because I was committed to, to trying. And I think Um, on some level we were both committed to love and to truth and we kind of just got lost along the way and I think that we both loved each other in a way that we weren't ready for because receiving love when you don't feel worthy of it is painful and you'll just turn it down you won't be able to let it in and the container that we had for our relationship it it couldn't hold what we needed right now together separately because of the patterns of codependence and it was just so unhealthy towards the end and I realized that he played the role of the chaser and the fixer, the the healed one, and I was the broken, quote unquote, need to be saved one. And this is like not helpful in a relationship, BT dubs, if you don't know that already. (laughs) So it wasn't gonna work. The dynamic wasn't gonna work the way that it was operating. And one of us was always more attached to, or then the other, you know, um, these one-sided expectations that ultimately, I don't want to say destroyed us in the end, but I think when you truly care for someone, you don't, um, you don't look to solve them. You don't look to fix them. You, you fight for them. You negotiate, you, come back to each other, to meet in the middle, and I just need to have courage right now. I feel like I'm going to cry again. It's hard for me to not feel shame and guilt because I keep thinking if I did this differently, if I had only said this, if I had only shown up for him when he needed me, if I was only X, Y, and Z, it's really not helpful um, and I'm really trying to let that go. And remember that life's greatest lessons are usually learned at the worst times from the worst mistakes. <laughs> but I think if it didn't happen now, then it was really only a matter of time before it did. So if you've been broken up with, I hope you choose yourself and know that the saying, if you love someone, set them free. And if they come back, they are yours. And if they don't, they never were or something like that. And right now, if you're feeling anxious or scared or unloved, just remember that feelings are not facts. They're not reality because you feel it does not make it truth. So don't give in to the temptation. Like, yesterday I was listening to sad love songs and, and I had to realize, like, why the fuck am I making myself feel worse? I've been through many breakups, so I know how it works. But I just have to... um I have to love him enough to just release him. And that's what I have to work on. And... <laughs> I want to let you know that you will never be too much or not enough for the right person. And I wanted to read this quote and I hope that it's received well and not like I'm attacking anyone. But I just thought it was very um, appropriate. And this says... um, singular like man woman but gender exists on a spectrum so i'm just saying it for simplicity's sake okay (laughs) just had to disclose that here's the truth ladies being pretty doesn't keep a man being honest doesn't keep a man being loyal doesn't keep a man treating a man good does not keep a man being there for a man doesn't keep a man caring about a man doesn't keep a man Making an effort doesn't keep a man. Paying attention to a man does not keep a man. Spending time with a man doesn't keep a man. You could have the best intentions, you could have the most sincere feelings, and you could be a good woman and you still wouldn't be able to keep a man because the only way to keep a man is if that man wants to be kept. You can't force a man to be with you. You can't beg a man to stay with you. You can't love a man into loving you. With a man, you could tell he wants to be kept when the relationship gets hard and he does everything to fight for you because a man only fights for a girl he wants to belong to. So if he is not fighting for you when things get hard, then that means he does not want to be kept by you anymore. The moral of this, don't hold on to a man who doesn't want to be kept by you. No, you're not giving up on him. It's him who gave up on you, and it's you who shouldn't waste any more of your time than you already have. No one it's time to let go. No one it's time to walk away, and no one it's time for him to be uncapped. <sighs> all the feels, all the things. The truth hurts sometimes, <laughs> and I don't say this to put him down because I admire the fuck out of him he's honestly so good one of the best people I've ever met his heart was just so fucking lovely and I was so blessed to have the opportunity to hold it and I wish I would have been more careful with it but I know that despite how open and loving and and peaceful you try to be, people only meet you as deeply as they met themselves. And, And I didn't make that up, but it's so true. It's so true. And I just, I'm so disappointed and I have to learn to move through that and navigate it and just take this time, as do you, to work on yourself. Do that thing that you've been putting off. Treat yourself to whatever. Take this time now to make new connections. See new sites, visit new places, try new foods. I can't tell you what I'm going to do because I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to take the next month or so to just digest this and learn a new way of living. And get kind of accustomed to what is because I always say when we fight what is we really just aren't in a place to receive good things but the person that's meant for you will not be easily scared off and real love it doesn't wax and wane and I, I told him this like I never loved him for what he gave me I never loved him more because he did nice things for me I never loved him less if he couldn't give me what I needed Because real love is unconditional. It doesn't waver. It, it doesn't work like that. <sighs> and experience is really the hardest kind of teacher. The test comes first. The lesson comes after. But really, once you've accepted your flaws, no one can use them against you. And I have to be okay with stillness. I have to be okay with silence, and the silence is so loud. The silence just screams in my ear because we would be texting right now. I'd be asking him about his day, and, and tonight it's gonna get lonely, and I'm gonna wanna FaceTime him, but I have to back off because I love him. And we don't always know what's right for people. And I think this is a huge mistake we make. We think we know what's best for people. So we try to impose and then it suffocates them. And you can't learn the lessons for people. They have to learn it themselves. (sighs) Just be okay in the silence and the stillness. It's not going to kill you. Just tune inward and listen because maybe it has something to say to you. And I will end this here because I have to go. (laughs) So I thank you again for listening, for caring what I have to say, for holding space for me to have this as a safe container, be real and vulnerable and honest with you about how I'm feeling. And if you're feeling the same way, I'm sending you so much love and light and healing energy. And you are not alone in this. We will get through this together, I swear. I promise. So I thank you again for listening. If you resonated and enjoy this episode and are feeling generous, please share, like, rate, subscribe, give me a follow on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. And I hope you have a peaceful night and find some solace. And I'm sending you all my love.